All right, what's going on? Uh, for those of you who don't know me, uh, my name is Caleb. I was the one of the summer interns this past summer. So uh, if you're trying to figure out who I am, I was the guy that went to Falls Creek with you. I was the guy that, yeah. <laughs> I was that guy that just kind of hung around and was a little weird sometimes. So, yeah. But, sweet, I've missed you guys. I didn't think I would, I, I don't think I would ever say that. I never thought I'd be able to say I missed these high school and middle school students. But going to college, it's not that fun without you guys. You guys are so much more fun than they are. So props to y'all. <laughs> All right. So we're going to get going here. Um, I know it's supposed to snow tonight, so we're going to just talk a little quick. Are y'all okay with that? Hey, whoa. Is that a spoiler alert? <laughs> okay. So if you're taking notes... Pull it out. If you got your Bible or if you got your phone, pull that out because we're going to dive in to God's word here. So stick with me, people. Come on. 15 minutes. That's all I'm asking. All right. So we're going to be in John chapter 15. John chapter 15. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write at the top of your page or type at the top of your page, love, period, commands, period, joy, period. Did you get that? That's three words. That's love, commands, joy. Cool? Three separate words, three separate periods that follow the words, right? So that's going to be our main point tonight. Keep that in mind as we go through. So John chapter 15, it's going to be verses 1 through 11. Is everybody there? Yeah? Is anybody not there? Cool. We'll give it a second. So love, commands, joy. So what we're going to be talking about, it's going to be the true vine. Jesus is the vine we are the branches, right? So a little bit of context behind this passage. Jesus is in the upper room with his disciples. This is the night that Judas betrays him. It's the day before he goes and he dies on the cross. So just to get a little context of what's going on. So we're going to go ahead and get started. I'm just going to read straight through verses 1 through 11. I'm reading out of NASB, so if it's a little different, just follow with me, okay? All right, John chapter 15, verse 1 says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser, or the gardener. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up. And they gather them, they cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples." Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be made full in you. Right? So what two words stick out to you guys? What did I say a whole bunch of times? Abide. Love and abide, right? Great job. Guys, pass. <laughs> if, if you walk away with anything tonight, it's abide in love, okay? So... We're going to have three points. Two of them are going to be from this passage. One of them is going to be from another passage. So point number one, we can do nothing without Christ. 
absolutely nothing can be done without Christ. So verses one through seven, that's what that's explaining. We can do nothing without Christ. And so he talks about it. He says, I am the vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me does not bear fruit. He takes that branch away. But those who are, he prunes it so they can bear more fruit. So what he's saying is, you know, like a vine, we don't really see vines nowadays. That's their culture. That's not our culture. Think of a tree. You see a branch on the tree. It's connected to the trunk. When that branch is, you know, connected to the tree, it's able to grow leaves or if it's able to grow fruit. But if that branch, if that stick is on the ground, it's not doing anything, right? It's not connected to the tree. It's not growing anything. So that's what he's talking about. And he's saying that there's no purpose. There's no good purpose for a stick that's on the ground other than to be cast into the fire, right? So you're being taken away from that source. And so whenever you're bearing fruit, what God does, since he's the vine dresser, he prunes it. He picks the fruit so that you can bear more fruit. So it's this continual process of bearing fruit. And, you know, we're talking about fruit. Uh, think of Galatians when Paul talks about this, uh, the fruit of the Spirit, right? I know we've talked about that here for a long time. Yeah, all that good stuff. So, but we're really going to focus on abiding in Christ because without him, we can do nothing. So what does it mean to abide? Abide means to remain or dwell. It's this idea of staying firm in something. And so whenever he says, abide in me in verse 4, abide in me and I in you, he's saying we need to uh, remain in him, to dwell in him, to dwell in his word, as he later says, because we can't do anything without him. For he says, I am the, br- I am the vine, we are the branches, he who abides in me and I, I in him bears much fruit. So Jesus is the vine, we can only abide by we can only bear fruit by abiding in him, walking in the spirit, right? So what's the warning that he gives? He says that those who aren't bearing fruit, those who aren't abiding in him, are cast away. Think about that. That's the warning here. You're being cast away and thrown into the fire. That sounds painful. That doesn't sound very fun. (laughs) Fire is not fun, right? Unless you're looking at it. That's pretty fun. (laughs) But that's the warning here. So I want you to pay attention to that. And so look at verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. That sounds pretty good. It's whatever I wish. It's going to be done for me. So if I want the new PlayStation 5 and I'm abiding in Christ, I'm going to have that. If I want the new, I don't even know, the new Xbox, I can get that. If I want to be absolutely TikTok famous, just go viral, and I'm abiding in Christ, I'll get that? Is, that. is that what it's saying? No. Because, do you know why? When we abide in Christ and he is in us, his desires align with our desires. It's not about us at all. It's all for him. It's all for his glory. So when we abide in him and he in us, his desires are our desires. So whenever we ask for something, we're asking for what he wants, and it'll be done. So don't get confused. (laughs) Okay, point number two, verses 8 through 11. It's the path to joy in Christ. This This is what it's explaining. And so it says, My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. And so God the Father is glorified. He is elevated. We elevate his status whenever we bear fruit in our lives. 
We elevate his status to the people around us because they see that fruit. They see that continual cycle of being pruned and constantly bearing more fruit. God is glorified in that. He is elevated in the people's minds around us. And it says, so prove to be my disciples. And so a disciple, does anybody know what a disciple is? Cool, I'll tell you. (laughs) A disciple, this is a definition that was once spoke to me. It says, a disciple is someone who is seeking to trust and follow Jesus in all of life for the rest of life and helping others to do the same. Trusting Jesus in all of life for the rest of life and helping others to do the same. So it's a very active process. It's not something that you can just sit and go to church on Sundays and Wednesdays and call it good. No, it's actively trusting in Jesus and actively helping others to do the same. So think about that. Are you actively helping others to do the same? The people that are sitting on your row, are you helping them to follow and trust Jesus? The person behind you in math class, are you helping that person? So what is a fruit? What's, what is the fruit that he's talking about here, that you're bearing much fruit? It's something, it's a characteristic, it's an attribute of God's character that is revealed through us. It's nothing by our own doing, right? So if you've got this selfish, you know, perception of the fruit that you're doing, your joy, oh, I'm so happy, or your peace maybe, you know, whatever. It's not you, that's God. And that's him coming through you, through his spirit. So, if you keep my command, commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So, Jesus is abiding in God's love. And so, he's really, in the context of all of this, he's really mentioning the act that he's about to go through by dying on the cross right? That was his purpose. He was coming. He's about to fulfill that. And he's abiding in God's love because that was God's commands to him. And so Jesus found unyielding, unrelenting joy by following God's commands. And that's the whole, that's the whole flow of that love commands joy, right? And then in verse 11, you see these things I have spoken to you. Jesus is speaking to the disciples so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. So this is the path to joy that we're talking about here. And so that's the purpose statement. That's so that his joy may be in us and may be made full, right? And so we're going to flip to Psalm 16. Psalm chapter 16. This is going to be our point number three, and then we'll talk about application. Psalm 16, verses 7 through 11. I'm going to go ahead and read. It says... This is a psalm of David. He says, I will bless the Lord who has counseled me, who has guided me. Indeed, my mind instructs me in the night. I have set the Lord continually before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh will also dwell securely. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to undergo decay. Talking about Jesus. Listen to this last verse. This is what I want to talk about. Verse 11, you will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. Your right hand, in your right hand, there are pleasures forever. And so this point number three, alongside with John chapter 15, is ultimate joy and satisfaction. 
And so we see the love, the commands, and the joy, those three things, right? You know, we see this, what David is saying. He's saying that God is guiding him. He's instructing him. He's his counsel. And in verse 11, the path of life that he's talking about, those are the commands that Jesus gives. Those are the ways that he tells us to live so that we may experience his fullness of joy, right? And that last, that last phrase, in your right hand there are pleasures forever. That's ultimate satisfaction right there. That is eternal joy, eternal pleasure. And so my challenge to you guys is, are you choosing temporary pleasure or are you choosing eternal, ultimate satisfaction in the joy of Christ. I'll say that again. Are you choosing the temporary satisfaction that you get from sin, or are you choosing to walk in the light and the spirit and the fruit of Christ and experiencing the fullness, that eternal, ultimate satisfaction and joy? And okay, so that going back to the love, commands, and joy, God loved us first. So Jesus loves us first. That's why love comes first, right? The commands follow that. He loves us no matter what. He loves us if we follow those commands or not. But we glorify him when we do. And further in John chapter 15, Jesus is explaining to his disciples that he is our friend, which is so, like, radical. Doesn't make any sense. That's the whole point. And so if he's our friend, he wants what's best for us. And so if he wants what's best for us, he's going to tell us that, right? Example, the commands. Because he wants what's best for us, he knows that from that, joy is going to follow. That's it. That's the progression. That's the process to experience his fullness of joy, to walk in his presence and his spirit, is to understand that he loved us first. And because he wants what's best for us, he gives us his commands. He tells us what to do. And if we follow that, if we follow what's best for us, the joy will follow and it will be made full in his presence because Psalm, that verse 11 says, in your presence there will be fullness of joy and in your right hand there are pleasures forever. And so think about in your own life, are you trading that eternal joy for temporary pleasure? Are you trading them out? Are you choosing that temporary pleasure in sin? That could be gaining attention from your friends, you know, calling attention to yourself, being selfish, being prideful, calling it all to yourself. Maybe that's material possessions. Maybe buying the newest thing is what brings you satisfaction. Maybe it's being celebrated for your achievements on your sports team or your club. Maybe it's porn and masturbation and following that sin to find immediate gratification that will never lead to ultimate satisfaction. In fact, it just goes in the complete opposite direction. Complete opposite direction. And so if you want to experience that fullness of joy, which I don't know who wouldn't, I do, I really do, it's in God's presence. And how do we do that? We accept his love, we follow his commands because it's what's best for us, and we find the fullness of joy in it. I'm going to leave you with this. If you're taking notes, please write this down. Only Jesus will satisfy you. Only Jesus will satisfy you. And Rhonda, there might be a picture of a toy on there not a picture of a toy? Cool. It's okay. So do you guys, do you remember the little wooden blocks and you'd have to fit the circle into the circle and the square into the square and they're like different colors? Right. Okay. Think of that when I talk about this. We're made in the image of God. Okay. Genesis, whole creation story. We're made in the image of God. 
He has created us to be in relationship with him. Okay, that's just the way it is. And so we are created with this God-sized, this God-shaped hole in our hearts. So think about that toy. The the circle goes in the circle. We're created with this God-sized, God-shaped hole in our hearts. And all we have to do is just fit him into it, and we will be satisfied. It will be, you know, it'll fit. It'll be flush. It'll be ultimate, eternal satisfaction. But what do we choose to do? We choose that temporary satisfaction. We choose that temporary satisfaction that is sin. And so in that hole, we try to fit in everything. We try to fit in the, I don't know, fun adventures that are super fun and exciting, but, you know, they're fleeting. They don't last. We fit in that the selfishness, the celebrations that we get towards us, the, the new materials, the sexual morality, the lust, the addictions, anything. We try to fill that God-sized, that God-shaped hole in our hearts. But only God can fill that. Everything else is going to fall right through. It's not going to fit, or it's not going to fit at all. So just think about that. Only Jesus will satisfy you. And how is that, how do, what's the process? Love commands joy, right? <laughs> Please experience the fullness of joy by walking in the Spirit in his presence and placing him in front of you. Let him guide you. Let him counsel you. Read his word every single day. It's inspired by God. That's how he talks to you. Talk to him through prayer every single day. If you want to challenge, get on your knees, open your hands, and pray. That is a symbolic, that is a physical way of showing submission to him. So, yeah, that's all I have for you guys. There's going to be some discussion questions on the screen. And Shay, I don't know how this works, but yeah, 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 yeah. Only Jesus will satisfy you. Thank you so much.